Welcome back to the Faith and Entertainment Podcast. My name is Brent. I'm your host. This is episode 12. Well, today we have the privilege of talking with Jenny Catron. She's a leadership coach, author, and speaker. Her passion is to lead well and to inspire, equip, and encourage others to do the same. She speaks at conferences and churches nationwide, seeking to help others develop their leadership gifts and lead confidently in the different spheres of influence God has granted each of them. As founder and CEO of the Foresight Group, she consults organizations on leadership, team culture, and organizational health. Now, Jenny's also uh, author of several books, including Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence, and then The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership. Jenny can be found everywhere on social media at Jenny Catron, that's J-E-N-N-I, and then Catron, no spaces, no dots. So Jenny, how is your day going today? Uh, Brent, it's good. Thanks for having me on. Um, looking forward to this conversation. Excellent, excellent. So how how is this crazy pandemic season treating you? Like on a personal level and, and a professional level, it's interrupted all of our lives to some extent. How has it affected you? Yeah, it's a great, um, it's funny because even as you were reading my bio, I'm thinking, oh, she speaks at conferences and you know, nationwide. Mm, not, not so right much now. these days. Not right now. Um, we'll get back to that eventually. But yeah, it has disrupted some of the normal routine. You know, uh, I do a lot of speaking both at conferences and then uh, for different organizations and, you know, teams or trainings and, uh, and then also do consulting where I go on site with an organization, maybe work through a workshop or work through, you know, a strategic plan of some sort. And um, so all those things I'm having to figure out uh, we, you know, we already did some work virtually, but we're figuring out how to do more virtually, and um, which is good. It's just it's forcing all of us to innovate, to think creatively. Uh, but it has it definitely has shifted my my work world a little bit. You're living out that buzzword pivot that everyone's using right now. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's a good point. I think it is forcing us to be creative with our work and 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 even personal lives. And if we're not if we're not being creative and thinking outside the box, where does that lead us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. It's the, uh, some, we, none of us like constraints, but constraints really are, you know, an incubator for innovation and they help us think differently and behave differently. And I actually think those are some like real essential principles for leaders is that there are many times in leadership where we need to think differently to behave differently and to achieve a different outcome. And uh, ideally, if we can, if we can create some of those constraints ourselves instead of them being put upon us, um, that that's the ideal scenario. In this one, we're all being forced to uh, to adjust with a constraint, and I and I think in many ways it's good for us. I, it's not comfortable. Um, one of my favorite uh, uh, definitions of change, or or not really a definition of change, but one of the ways Seth Godin talks about change is that he says, it's not really that people don't like change. It's that we don't like that change creates um, a sense of incompetence, right? That we don't, we don't know how to do it. When change is forced upon us, we're incompetent for a season. It's new, we're clumsy, we don't know quite how to do it. 
And frankly, that's what all of us have been navigating in this crisis, especially those of us in a leadership position where we're trying to figure out, not even those of us in leadership, all of us are trying to figure out work from home if we didn't do that previously, how to do life when our kids are at home in addition to, to us and we have to homeschool. Everybody's had change forced upon us and that creates disruption. It creates some discomfort because we don't know how to do it. And, uh, and so we're having to lead ourselves well in this moment in order to, um, to figure out what, how, you know, how to navigate it, how to, how to, how to live through it. Absolutely. And, and I think too, in that same vein, I think we don't, we don't like it because it's, it's disruptive, but it's also out of our control. Like you said, this, this pandemic has been forced upon us. Yeah. So it forces us to be creative. Yep. And if we're really honest, we'd rather have the control of saying, Hey, I want to, I want to change something, but we really don't because yep. it's going well. Why? Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing. It's a lot of times we'll hear things like, Oh, people don't like change. It's not that we don't like change. We don't like change that we didn't control. Correct. Which we change things all the time. All of us are frustrated because we can't change our hair color right now because we can't go to the salon. Um, I don't you know. have that problem. This is not a video, <laughs> but most, yeah. Oh, that's great. But I mean, really, like we change things all the time. We change our clothes. We change our hair. We change, you know, we change things all the time when we have control of the change. Right. It's when change is forced upon us and really the, you know, we learn a lot about ourselves. We learn a lot about our character when change is forced upon mm, us. That's good. That's good. Well, that leads into my first question um, that I have for you. I'm really excited about having this conversation. So um, this is this is kind of one of those um, crystal ball what if questions for you, okay? Mm. Okay. If someone had come to you and approached you months prior to any of of us experiencing anything with this COVID um, and giving you a glimpse into how society was going to, um, well, no, a glimpse at how the pandemic was going to affect the world. I'll put it that way mm -hmm. through March and April. Mm -hmm. Okay. You get to see that, see the effects of, of the virus. Okay. Um, having now lived through the last couple months, is there anything society wise? Mm -hmm. um, personal life, corporation-wise, anything that you would say has surprised you in how society has reacted to this or leadership has reacted to this? That's a great question. Um, I think, I, in some ways, I think it's still bearing itself out. I probably have some opinions, but that we probably haven't seen in, you know, quite enough right. to know what I think about that. Um, I, in some ways, I am pleasantly surprised at how quickly I have seen leaders adapt. Mm -hmm. um, I have, uh, for instance, I do work with a lot of church leaders, and I have seen church leaders have to figure out how to completely change their strategy in, in order to deliver everything they do online when so much of what they did was centric to their church building, Right. Right. And uh, forced into that, I have been, I, I don't know that, I don't know that I would have predicted if I, you know, like ahead of time that they would have all adjusted as quickly as they have. So mm -hmm. in some ways I've been so incredibly impressed by how people have adjusted and, you know, and, and pivoted to the demands of this experience. And that like what I have loved 
is how people have gotten really clear about their sense of purpose. Mm. You know, so this, and I see this in organizations of all kinds and, and people, you know, in all different fields of work or responsibility, like it, in under this kind of pressure and this kind of crisis, the, the, the clarity of purpose, the clarity of why do I do what I do? Um, I wish we have been living with that level of clarity pre-COVID, right? Because when we have to get laser focused and really be clear about why do I do what I do? And can I go back to that and kind of strip away a lot of the complexity that we create in our worlds? And if I can go back to the, but this is why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives, it, it, I, what I love is I think it is helping many of us reconnect to a sense of purpose. Now, the other extreme also exists. That if you don't, if that sense of purpose isn't clear, you know, there, there are folks that are floundering yes. because of not having that anchor of purpose, that anchor of, you know, God forbid, and I know many, many, many have, people have lost their jobs in this. And if their whole identity and sense of worth was tied up in that job and they didn't have a clear sense of purpose apart from just the tactical work that they did, then, you know, and and those folks can be floundering if that, if they don't have a sense of purpose that is core to who they are. Um, And, uh, and so that is one of the things that I'm seeing. It can be really beautiful. It can be really hard. Uh, That Mm -hmm. clarity of purpose either lack of or or actually having it is is a big piece right now that's so good and and what i hear you saying especially on the church front the the faith organizational front is that the the pandemic has really forced us to for lack of a better word um shake off the fluff yeah you know get down to basic core why is it what we're doing and who are we and what's our purpose and let's go after it yeah and within the restrictions of uh, quarantine and stay-at-home orders, we now have to figure out how does that purpose get fulfilled? Yeah. And even beg the question, in a season, do we is God calling us to a different purpose? Right. And yeah. that can be a painful discussion for a church leadership to to have. For sure. And and you know, and so for certainly in church conversations, ministry type of organizations, that is a like, whoa, did we how far off of our purpose did we get? Yeah. You know, like how do we get back to it? Um, but I'm also noticing, you know, the the businesses that I'm seeing thrive are businesses that have a purpose that transcends even their product. Um, mm. so I'm watching like the the local businesses around me. There's a bakery that I just love here locally. And you know, they probably would close their doors in most, most situations, but part of their purpose is to bring joy and happy to other Mm. people. And so they have found a way to do pickup only delivery options, you know, to create unique offerings that, you know, let people make, um, sure, you know, make your, you know, they, they do the dough and the, 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 um, uh, frosting and the stuff, and then you can well, like make, put it all in a kit. Put, no. They put it all in a kit, and then yeah. you can pick it up and like do that with your kids at home. And they've like created these fun and unique ways to create happy, yeah. you know, to like invest back in you know, and and still fulfill their purpose, even yeah. though they can't, their doors can't be open. Um, and uh, and so I think you know when people understand when organizations, businesses, etc., have a sense of purpose that is 
that transcends just the product. Like that there's a, there's a real driving why behind what they do. Um, then, uh, they, then they'll find a way they, they'll, they, you know, tip, I mean, I, I, I know that there are myriad of things that could be obstacles and I can't right. project every scenario, but the more we can find a why that is transcendent, um, it, uh, we get more creative with it, I think. Yeah. And that's good. And I think there's a lesson in what you just said for, for businesses, but also for churches, it, that purpose during a pandemic specific to this conversation, um, how can our purpose go outside of ourselves, outside of our product and actually benefit the community around us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless of what it benefits us. Yeah. And I think yeah. as the conversations I'm having with a lot of church leaders are the like, oh, wow, it just became really clear that we weren't, it wasn't ever supposed to be about just our building, right? you know, or, or yeah. about people coming to us that, you know, the real essence of ministry and the gospel is to love and to serve and, yeah. you know, and to, you know, meet some practical needs, share the love of Jesus, you know, it's like, there are a lot of other ways we can do that. And they're finding them, which is really, really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I, I love that. Okay. I want to get on to a couple quotes from your book. Um, first one I wanted to address in, in the um, Four Dimensions book, you wrote that extraordinary leadership means relentless growth and frequent failure. Hmm. Now, in the midst of a global pandemic, what does relentless growth and frequent failure look like for those of us in leadership roles right now? Yeah, that's good. I forgot I'd, I'd written that. So you 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 pulled out some you pulled out some good ones. Um, you know, I think in some ways we may have to be like redefining growth uh, in this. So you know, so it, it, what it will so on the relentless growth side, it is a uh, just an evaluation of was I even measuring the right things that told me we were growing. So let me give you an example that's that's specific to the Foresight Group, the company that I founded and lead. Um, our mission is to cultivate healthy and thriving leaders. And typically I'm doing that through consulting, through coaching, through speaking, through writing. Um, and some of those things can continue. But what I'm measuring in relationship to growth might look different. Because right now, it might not be my bottom line because I've lost some business in quarter two and quarter three because of the limitations of travel and so forth. But it doesn't mean that I'm serving any less leaders. In fact, in many ways, I'm serving more leaders because we're saying, hey, our, our mission is to cultivate healthy and thriving leaders. So doing, having more margin to do more podcasts where I'm yeah. connecting with people that I might not otherwise connect with. You know, my hope is that in some way, we're planting some seeds to cultivate some healthy leaders. Um, I'm doing a lot more uh, coaching calls with the, the clients that I currently serve. And so, so I'm having to adjust the metrics a little bit and say it might not just be um, the bottom line, but it might be like really looking at the growth is happening in the conversations and the growth I'm seeing even through the leaders that I serve. Right. And so some of it is that, um, you know, that growth edge is, Hey, what, where is the momentum? Where is the opportunity to accomplish this mission? And how do I measure that growth? So yeah. th that's that. 
the frequent failure side is especially in a season like this is we got to keep trying things. We got to keep, you know, innovating and trying new things to see what works in this context. And so depending on, you know, if you're in ministry, if you're in business, um, you know, being, being willing to try new things and, um, and being okay if they don't work because, you know, it all kind of got thrown up in the air and we're all figuring out, well, what actually works right now? And, um, so, and so this is a great example of the frequent failure thing is like, all right, I'm going to try that. Doesn't work. I'll try it a different way. That doesn't work. I'll try another thing. And, but I will keep trying things that will help me accomplish my mission. Yeah, no, that's good. That, and that forces that creative thought as we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. And you know, what's great about pandemic really is that I think there's a little less risk in frequent failure, honestly. Um, It might actually be an opportunity for you to get a little more comfortable with failure in that, you know, some things just don't work the way they used to work. And so you could call those failures of sorts. Um, But what you're, you know, so there's a little bit more grace because we're all trying to figure it out. But what I would love to say is, pay attention to that because you, you didn't, you didn't like, like you're still here and you're still doing stuff and you're still making things happen. So failure didn't kill you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it probably changed you, but getting like using a season like this, where you're forced again to innovate, to change and try things that will fail and let yourself be comfortable that there will be things that fail, but, uh, you, in, in the trying, you will eventually succeed. And, um, so get, let yourself get a little more comfortable with that feeling of, of frequent failure. Cause we're yeah. going to, and especially just even the practical leadership stuff, right? We're going to try to lead our teams and something's not going to work. You know, the, you know, you're going to have tried to use a tool for communication and it's not going to have worked. You're going to have lost your temper because everybody is tired and, you know, exhausted. We're all emotional and and yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to fail as a leader in that you're going to, you're not going to show up as your best self. I had a conversation yesterday where I did not show up as my best self. And so I had some cleanup to do. Right. And that's going to happen. And I got to be comfortable with that because I got to keep showing up and I've got to keep being present and keep leading my team. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to, I'm, I'm not going to get it right every time. And mm-hmm. so I have to own it. It's not that I ignore it and brush over it and just assume it's all, you know, okay. I, if I, if I, if I didn't, if I didn't show up well, if I wasn't kind to somebody, if I was short tempered, I need to clean all that up, but it's, it's also going to be part of it. So I've got to be comfortable with that failure. Yeah, no, that's so good. And And there's no success if you don't risk, if you don't, Totally. If you're not okay with failure. Yep. We will get back to the interview with Jenny in just a second, but I just want to touch base on today's episode sponsor, and that is with Christian Planner. Christian Planner creates tools that help busy Christians like you and I achieve our dreams by keeping Christ at the center of our daily life. It's created by Victor Delacruz. He's a Christian, uh, spent four years in the military, had some just personal struggles with school and music and things and and leading to anxiety really um, coming out of that. And he put this, he created this Christian planner for himself to um, really schedule time with God on his own routine. 
and it in includes daily goal setting. Um, there's planning and journaling, um, productivity, you name it, this thing has it. Listen guys, they gifted us uh, three of these Christian planners um, for a recent promotion for the podcast. And I can tell you firsthand, I flipped through these things. I absolutely love it. The, the quality level is top notch. The packaging is beautiful when it comes to you. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend you try Christian Planner. They have the planner, they have a faith and focus journal, and then they have a daily prayer journal. Um, any of those three items, I'm going to put a link to their website in the show notes. Check them out, christianplanner.com. Now let's get back to our talk with Jenny. That leads really well into the next question I have for you. And, and this comes out of the same book. Um, and it's very short and very simple. And I, I think at, at face value, it, it sounds very obvious, but there's a lot to it to unpack. And, and what you wrote is this, people follow leaders who inspire. Mm -hmm. And so in, in the context of what you just shared about being authentic, about your when we as leaders fail and owning that and just um, working through that in the context of Zoom meetings and, mm -hmm. and virtual worship services and all the different ways that we're having to connect virtually, what are some practical ways that leaders can inspire those we lead? Yeah. And I'm talking about behavior, yeah. not, not pep talks, not sermons. Totally. To totally. Yeah. Great, great, great question. And, um, you know, I, it, I think, first of all, we have to recognize that everybody's looking to us when we have a leadership role or responsibility. So whether, you know, you're the, you know, the senior pastor, whether you're a ministry leader, whether you lead volunteers, whether you, you know, lead a business or, you know, again, whatever environment you're in, whatever scope of influence you have, people are looking to you. They're looking, you know, especially in a season like this where, Again, everything is an upheaval. Everything is unknown. People are longing for somebody to lead with clarity and confidence. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like anybody. Does anybody know what we should be doing, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's not that we have all the answers. And that's one of the things. One of the ways that we inspire is we inspire with confidence in that, you know, and again, as, as a follower of Jesus, I have hope that ultimately he cares and knows a whole, God knows a whole lot more and cares a whole lot more about the situation than I do, you know? And so there's a, there's a confidence and a hope as a believer and a follower of Jesus that I can show up and I can inspire my team with confidence because I have a greater hope that transcends the circumstances we find ourselves in. So that's a, that's probably the church girl answer, but I believe it. Right. Yeah. But secondly, uh, another thing a leader does, we inspire by just being willing to go first doesn't mean we have it all figured it out or we know all the answers. We're just going to be brave enough to go first. We're going to be mm -hmm. brave enough to say, hey, guys, gals, like this, you know, here's what we're going to do next because here's our purpose. Here's why we do what we do. And here's how we're going to do that. And we're going to try it. It might work. It might not work. We inspire. And part of what I'm saying in that, too, is we inspire with honesty. Yeah. yeah. Direction, like clarity of direction honesty about the reality because we don't know what we don't we don't know for sure and so some of the inspiration is that we demonstrate some self-awareness right that right, we're right. demonstrating that we we've got some self-awareness around this 
And then a couple other things that I'm telling leaders right now, and I think this is really how we inspire our teams, is we've got to be visible. They just need to see us and know that, and granted, we're all having to be visible via, you know, Zoom video and technology, right? right? But people need to know that we're, we're still there and we're still leading them. So whatever visibility means, it might mean, you know, any kind, all the various technologies, but right. people need to know you're there and you're leading them. We need to be clear, just great communication, a great, you know, clear in our expectations that inspires folks because it gives them the guardrails. They know what, mm -hmm. like, what, what, what are we doing? Where are we going? Just give us that clarity for as much as you know, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know the next step. Right. Wow. Um, and then another way we inspire is also by being human, which I've kind of threaded through this is that, you know, we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to know all the answers. Um, we can be honest about that and yet project a level of confidence that inspires people to stay with us and keep going and stay the course. Mm. So those are a yeah. few things kind of top of mind. No, that's so good. And especially that last part, because of all the technology that we are forced to use right now to engage our churches, our organizations, our leadership teams, it seems it can feel so impersonal because yeah. there's screens behind us. There's distance. And yep. so there's consistency, like you're talking about. And we have to add, I think, an extra step of humanity into so how we true. lead. Yes. Yeah. I, and I would, I would overemphasize that. I love that you drew that out, Brent, because um, it does take a little extra work. Because what can unintentionally happen is we, all of our interaction is via tools of technology that we will default to using as transactional tools. Mm -hmm. And we will lose that human element. Because if you think about, you know, when, when, when we are able to just be with people and whether you're in an office environment together or whatever, there's just, there's, there's the, the, uh, you know, the little interactions that happen in the hallways or when you're getting coffee in the morning, there's the chit chat that happens when you assemble in the office, you know, the, the meeting room for a, a, a meeting. There's, you know, there's all these little human interactions that happen when we're together yep. that we no longer have. And so part of our job as leaders is when we show up to a video meeting or a conference call or, you know, we're, we're you know, putting something in Slack, that we make sure that we're not being just transactional, that we're looking to create human connection. So simple things like if one of your team members comes to mind, send them a quick text. Um, yeah. make sure you verbalize when somebody does a good job, because in the office, you probably would have said it in a hallway passing conversation. You would have said, yep. Hey, great job on that this weekend. That turned out perfect. I love how people connected with that. Um, and it would, you know, you wouldn't think twice about it. You just say it cause you saw them and you know, you'd all move on, but they felt seen and acknowledged for what they had contributed. Well, if you don't, if you're not in like, overly intentional to identify those things and find a way to communicate them it's radio silent and they don't hear the affirmations that we would just kind of naturally give if we were in the office together so that mm -hmm. human piece in in the four dimensions i would say that's the heart dimension of leadership the yeah, relational yep. side um we have to work at over time to make sure the relational side of leadership is showing up right now absolutely you know, as you were as you were starting to in the beginning of answering that question about in, inspiration, um, you said we have to be the ones to be willing to go first, yeah. even though we don't know what that looks like. And I just I'm a very um, 
visual creative type. And so as you were talking about that, I, I just imagined our, you know, a leader and their team being dropped in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. on a mountain, right? And maybe it's raining, maybe there's a storm coming, they have no backpacks, and they all begin to kind of panic and worry. And the leader says, okay, here's, here's, what we, here's the situation. We're all yeah. feeling this. Follow me. And if that leader, with confidence mm-hmm. and humility, starts walking in one direction, and there are no trails at all, yeah. and just starts walking through the woods, nine times out of 10, that group is going to follow that person because what else do they have to do? Yeah. And that's really what we are doing as leaders in this pandemic is like you said, we're, we're, we're blazing a trail and somewhere where we haven't been before. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, that willingness to say, okay, we gotta, we've got to take a step because the step provides hope. Yeah, yeah, and and that's people just need some hope. They just need some hope that okay, we're gonna find our way, yeah. and we might to your analogy, we might zigzag a bit because once we start going one direction, we realize oh, the creek is over here, and what I know is I got to get us to water. You know, yep. okay, yep, it wasn't the most direct route, but I got us moving, and we were able to learn more by moving forward, right? And yep. that's the thing. It's like you, it's that that uh, we'll start mixing our our metaphors or analogies but like you can't steer a moving car or I mean a a, a, you like you can't steer a a stationary car like it has to be moving in order to like actually steer it somewhere yep and uh, so that willingness to go to take a step and say okay guys hey here's our and I love what you said too about naming reality Max Dupree says that the first task of the leader is to define reality right like hey all right we are in unknown territory so we're gonna have to do some exploring but we're, I think we need to start this way. Here's where we need to start and, you know, and, and take that step and, and yeah. get everybody moving. And I love, I, I love the fact that you brought up the hope issue as leaders. We need to, people look to us for hope. And I think one of the things in, in senior leadership that we can easily um, and unintentionally overlook and make the mistake of in these seasons is assume that our leadership team has hope that they're giving the people they're serving when we need to be showing, giving hope to our team and not assume that they already have it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And take care of our team first so they can do the same for theirs. That's yeah. Really, really good. And I think reminding ourselves to, um, to, to, you know, just to not make those assumptions that, you know, because what feels sometimes obvious to us as the leader is not necessarily obvious to the team. Yeah. And so that's why that name reality thing is important. It's like, and, or to cast a little bit of vision, you know, give a little bit of hope because while it might feel somewhat obvious to us as a leader, I think a lot of times that's part of what's been entrusted to us as leaders is to have, to see a little further than others see and to, you know, and to be able to, and to, in order to lead people to that. So we need to be, we need to make sure we're not assuming they get it. Let's make sure we equip them, like you said, so that then they can in turn serve their yep. teams and pass yeah. that up. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 100%. Um, gosh, this has been so good. Jenny, we are wrapping up and coming to the end of our time. I want to, uh, I want to honor your time and thank you for being on the show. I have one simple last question for you. It's just kind of an open-ended one. Okay. Uh, as we wrap up, but do you have any last words of encouragement or even a challenge 
for leaders mm -hmm. that are listening to this discussion moving yeah, well, forward in this, this pandemic time? For sure, for sure. Well, first of all, um, thanks for your faithfulness in leading. Uh, that would be the first thing that I would say to all of you in whatever leadership capacity that you have. I know that you shoulder a little extra burden. You shoulder a little extra responsibility. And I just want to say thank you for being faithful to that, especially in a season like this. And, you know, in a pandemic, something none of us have bled through before, at least in our generation. And, um, and so your faithfulness uh, is a gift and uh you know, directly to the people that you lead and you serve, but also to all of us, um, that we need good leaders. And, uh, and I would just, I would leave you with this thought. Um, my personal kind of philosophy and belief in leadership is that leadership begins with influence. Influence means the power to change or affect someone. Mm -hmm. And that definition is like it's weighty, right? Like when we have influence, we have the power to change or affect someone. And so at, at its core, leadership is, is sacred work. It's the ability to change and affect the lives of the people that we lead. And it's incredibly sacred work. It's an incredibly sacred privilege. And uh, it, that, that's a little bit weighty. That's a little bit of a challenge, but I want you to feel the significance of it. I think I, I don't want you to feel it as pressure. I want you to feel it as significance that that there this is a gift that God has entrusted to you to shoulder the leadership, to shoulder the influence for whomever he's put in your sphere of leadership right now. And it's such sacred work. So uh, slow down to see people in this moment and keep leading them well. That's so good. That is so good. Uh, I knew there was going to be a great Great comment on that question. So um, <laughs> I love that, and, and and I think that you're. I love that you're honoring those those listening as well. Yeah. Um, that, that's a great model of what we should be doing as well. Um, Jenny, thanks so much again for being on the show, um, guys. If if you enjoyed this, uh, I would appreciate it if you share the the podcast wherever you're at on social media. Jenny is. Um, active and visible on all main social media sites. She's on Facebook and she's on um, Twitter and Instagram at Jenny Katrin. Uh, that's Jenny with two N's and one I. Yes. Um, and she, that's her handle on both of those areas. Her website um, is getforesight.com, correct? And that yes. is the number four. I'll put a link to all of those in the show notes as well so people can easily navigate Awesome. to you and, and find out more about your uh, your company as well and if they can be of any assistance to their organization or church. Um, as always, guys, look, um, I don't know who the next guest is coming up and scheduling has been challenging in a pandemic when everybody's quarantined. So um, we'll see who is next coming up uh, for episode 13. But until then, listen, uh, take care. God bless. Stay safe. And really, as always, enjoy a day full of purpose. God bless.